All right. Good evening, everyone. Hopefully everyone is having a blessed evening as we are. As always, we'd like to say praise the Lord. Thank the Lord for yet another day in the land of the living and another chance to get our acts together. Today is January 26, 2023 and week 208. If you're new around here, welcome to Join the Midst of the Storm. This is a program where we like to do weekly live stream Bible studies and shortly upload audio versions to every major podcast platform shortly thereafter. And if you've been with us for a while, as we always like to say welcome back. Thank you guys for tuning in week in and week out, trying to hear what thus says the Lord. Now, we started this series about three or four weeks ago, and we will be continuing it. And we're talking about the different roles in the church. And this week's topic is the household, meaning the husband and wife and children. So without any further ado, I'm going to pass it over to Minister Tony Banks. We can go ahead and get started with this evening's message. As always, I pray, we pray that you guys get something out of it. Thank you very much, Melvin. Uh, as we try to always do, uh, we we try to start with a prayer. So if you guys have an opportunity to pause what you're doing, uh, we encourage you to do so. And if you can't, just uh, still pray with us in your mind, uh, within your heart. So Heavenly Father, thank you for blessing us. Lord, we thank you for how you washed over us, how you kept us. Lord, we thank you for just being an awesome God to us a God who's loving, a God who's forgiving. Uh, Lord, we thank you for just opening our eyes, opening our understanding, giving us a heart and a mind to receive your word. Lord, we're praying that every day of our lives, we will continue to grow in you, that we will continue to get better. Lord, we, we understand that no matter what we've accomplished, we still have a long way to go. And so, Lord, just keep us encouraged. Uh, keep us in our right minds or help us to encourage one another um, the things that uh, we we understand that so many terrible things go on Lord but help us to keep one another accountable um, to keep one another uh, enduring in this battle and Lord no matter what happens to us help us to remember that there is still a reason to have joy in the midst of every storm, trial, and tribulation. So, Lord, we're praying all these blessings in your righteous name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All righty. So, uh, again, thank you guys for tuning in with us. We are uh, delighted to be back yet again for another Bible study. And um, as Melvin already told you guys, we are going to look at a household, um, a family. Now, obviously, we understand that not every house is constructed this way uh, with a complete uh, or uh, the potential amount with a husband, a wife, um, children. We understand that not every household has this, but we wanted to cover this just to cover all of our bases. So we've already talked about the, the preacher's role in the church. We dealt with the congregation, so we've already dealt with the people in the church. But I wanted to get a little bit more specific um, this week with uh, the husband, husband and wife and, and kids. Um, we've already dealt with the devil. So uh, hopefully you guys have been following along in this series. And if you have not, uh, I do want to encourage you to go back and listen to those videos um, we go through a lot of information, and yet we still did not cover all the information that can be covered um, or that can be said. So we also talked about this same topic now, but uh, did approach it from a different standpoint. We did talk about that Monday night um, in our Zoom Bible study. So if you have not heard that, I greatly encourage you to go back and listen to it uh, because it does set up some things I want to talk about tonight. Uh, I won't go back and cover all those same things. Um, in fact, Melvin, uh, are you able to put the link? Can you put that link into the chat in case anyone who doesn't um, join that Bible study or um, doesn't have access to the podcast or might have a hard time finding it. We can definitely make it easy for you to go back and listen to our Monday night Bible study. Um, yeah, and, I can put that in there. Thank you, sir. 
uh, Melvin, I, I thank God for him because he does make a lot of things very convenient for you guys uh, and for me also. Um, if you're looking for a specific Bible study, he's he's created different uh, mechanisms and search engines uh, for you to go back and find specific Bible studies, even if it has specific words, uh, specific scriptures that you're looking for. He's made it really convenient. Uh, if you ever find yourself, even in the future, you might find yourself going back, listening to some things or um, you want to hear us talk about a certain verse. Uh, like I said, you can go back in there and um, you can search for those specific verses or, or even words. So I do thank God for that. Uh, God has truly blessed us to have access to a lot of things. So let us take advantage of these of these resources that we have. And so, again, we are going to cover a household tonight. So now we're going to come from the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 10, and um, I think I told you verse 36 there, Melvin, if I'm, if I'm right on that. Yeah, 36. Yeah. Let's see what that says there. All right, really quickly, I'll read off the early comments. Casey says, praise the Lord, my brothers and everyone. Hopefully everyone is having a blessed and prosperous day. God bless David says, praise the Lord, everyone. Hope everyone is having a great day in the Lord. And Chelsea also says, praise the Lord. So praise the Lord to you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we hope you get something great out of the lesson. And I have posted Monday's Zoom Bible study link. I think it only went to YouTube and to the Joy in the Midst of the Storm, Storm's Facebook page. I do not think it commented on our personal pages. So that link is there Should you want, if you want to check out that message. So thank you. And, and really quickly, before you read that, I, I do want to say this because um, I know many people are in different predicaments, different situations. I, I think that might be a better word, different situations, different circumstances. And so some people are looking to be married. Um, some people might find themselves already married. Some people out there just don't want to be married. And regardless of whatever uh, whichever side you fall on, these are good things for us to know. Um, because as I said, when we started this series, we need to understand what uh, each of these positions, what their job is, so that we don't overstep our boundaries um, and start doing someone else's job. And also so that if we do desire uh, one of these positions, um, we we understand what it's going to require of us. Um, so uh, if you are a person, like I said, looking to be married uh, one day, um, then you definitely, I, I encourage you to go back and listen to the other Bible study that we did on Monday night. Um, um, listen to this one as well and, and continue studying and learning because it's truly a great job to be married. It's a great job. It, it requires for a uh, lot of sacrifice. You know, the scripture tells us to whom much is given, much is required. Like if you work at a job and we all want six figures, that's what everybody's trying to get. <laughs> you know, if you want six figures worth of pay, if you want benefits, if you want all these things, you know, if you want... You want time off. You want vacation days. You want weekends off. We want all these different things. You want to get off early enough in the day where you can go home and be with your family. We want all these things. You must understand that to have this position, to have these um, benefits is going to cost you something. You're going to be expected to perform a certain job you're expected to level up or to measure up to a certain standard. And so that same thing applies with everything that we're desiring within God. Uh, and that includes a marriage. So let us pick it up again at Matthew 10 and verse 36. Right. And really quickly, we have one more comment from Chris. He says, how's it been, brothers? And um, for myself, it's been great. Grateful to still be here because so many people... Yes, when they go to sleep, it's their last time going to sleep. So I'm grateful. 
I'm grateful. Thank you for asking, and thank you so much for tuning in. Um, So Matthew chapter 10 and verse 36, and a man's foes shall be they of his own household. You must have read that wrong, man. He could not have said that. We're talking about a household tonight. Read that verse again, man. Read it right now. Don't make sure. (laughs) Now, this is the words of Jesus. Um, If anybody does not have their scripture, their their Bible with them, these words are written in red letters. This is the words of Jesus. Read what he said, Mel, and make sure that you read that thing right. That people want to hear you read it right, Mel. Let's see what it says. And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. My God, what is Jesus talking about here? A man's foes shall be they of his own household. We're on the household tonight. We're talking about a family. You know, oftentimes it is the people who are close to you that hurt you. How many stories have we seen? Uh, And these might not even just be a story. You might have physically seen it or witnessed it. Man goes home, beats on his wife. Man kills his wife. Um, Child kills their parent. You know, all these different things. Uh, Parent molesting children. All types of things. Your own foes. Sad. Now, it's sad, but it's true. See, God tries to tell us a lot of things before we find ourselves in a bad situation. But because we don't listen to God, because we feel, well, he don't know what he's talking about. What does the Bible have to do with this? Well, because we have all these thoughts and because we're so wise and so smart, God, he can't tell us anything. But he's already told us everything we need to know. He said, you better watch out. Don't just watch out for the people outside of your home. He said, even inside of your own four walls, if you will, you got foes, you got enemies right there in your own house. Right there in your own house. A man's foes. I had Melvin read it twice for you. Just to make sure. (laughs) I knew he was reading it right. But somebody, when you read this verse, you're going to say, how does that make sense? A man's foes shall be they of his own household. Of his own household. Read for us, man. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. You know, we're talking about a family. Every last one of us in this world right now has parents, whether they're living or not. We all have parents. We have grandparents. We have great-grandparents. We have great-great. The the list goes on and on. He said, though, Jesus talking now. I'm saying this because we love our parents. We love those in our household. If they treated us with love, if if they sacrificed for us, if they cherished us, we love them. Jesus says something here powerful now. He says, he that loveth father or mother. Doesn't matter which one is your favorite. You know, sometimes they call, <laughs> sometimes when they call a child, they say, oh, he's a mama's boy. <laughs> because he just loves to be with his mama. Sometimes they look at a different child, they say, oh, he's a daddy's boy. Everywhere his daddy go, he, he just want to be with his daddy. <laughs> <laughs> so people begin to notice something. They say, wow, that child seems to have more love for that parent. When they want something, they know who to go to. But you know what? Jesus said, even though you love your parents so very much, he said, you better not love them more than me. Now, this is tough stuff. This is tough stuff. I'm saying this because Many people want to have children. Obviously, we have. Um, obviously, we have parents because we had to have parents for us to come into this world. But you know what? Even from there, many people go and have children. And you know what? You teach your child to love you. But even though 
you teach them that we got to be careful to teach them not to love us, a parent now, if you're a parent, not to love you more than they love God. See, to whom much is given, see a child, if a person has a child, look, God has blessed you to have something. He's blessed you to have something. And he said, you know what? To whom much is given, there's a responsibility that comes with it. As a parent, it's that parent's job to teach the child, look, you can't love me more than you love God. I know you love your mother and father, but you cannot love me more than God. See, this is why Jesus said the own, your very own people in your own house, they can become your enemy. Those people right there in your own house, your mother or father can be your enemy. They're not the only ones now. Read for it. Read that. Start over again for us, Melvin, in that verse. And let's work our way back down. 36. Uh, 37. Okay. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. You know, we all want to be saved. But you know, this is a part of our salvation. He said, you cannot love your parent more than me. And if you do, Jesus said, you're not even worthy of him. Now, this is tough here. This is the harsh truth, the harsh reality of it. We love our parents. Somebody said, I love them to death. Somebody said, I'll die for mine. I'll die for my parents. He said, you know what? That's good. Just don't love them more than you love me. This is Jesus now. This is not Tony. I, I had Melvin read a few times to make sure he's reading this thing right. But now for somebody who's just listening to this, go back and read it for yourself. Go back and make sure we're reading this thing to you accurately. Because this is the words of Jesus. Keep reading for us, Mel. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Huh? Those in your own household. He said, I know you love little Jimmy. I know you love little Run. I know you love them. Your son, I know you love your daughter. Look, <laughs> my God. Look, I know when you were at, I know when you were at, <laughs> The gender reveal. And you found out it was a boy. You saw the blue cup. You were so excited. He said, I know you love him. You see every now and again, a parent, they'll talk about how much they love that baby. They hadn't even seen the baby yet. They'll talk about, I love my child so much. Still inside their mother's womb. They already have established a strong love for that child. They're already preparing. They already got toys. <laughs> pampers, blanket, all these things because of love. He said, I know you love, though, your son or your daughter, but he said, you better be careful because that child can separate you from God. Your parent can separate you from God. And you know what? Even your own self he said, you must deny yourself. Even your own self can separate you from God. Your own desires, the desires of your parent, the desires of your child. But he said, your foes can very well be in your own house. If we're not careful now, if we're not careful, we'll let the desires of our parent, our children, even ourselves, those desires will overshadow what God says. You know, instead of us trying to go and find out what God says, we want to see what our parent has to say about what do what you think about this? We want to ask our children, well, how do you feel about it? Well, whatever you want to do, that's okay with me. They can easily become, easily become your enemy. Easily. 
He said, a man's foes shall be they of his own household. Read for us, Mel. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. If you don't deny yourself, your own household, yourself, whether the husband or wife, the children, it is crucial that we do not allow anyone to be above God. So I want to look at this tonight because I know, I know many of us desire to be in one of these positions, whether it's a child, whether it's a spouse. And even if you don't desire to be one of those, which obviously we're a child, However, we all have parents. And even if you say, well, my parents are going, you know what? You have yourself. And even yourself, you can become your own worst enemy. If you don't, if you do not learn to deny yourself. So this is where we are tonight. If you desire to be married, you first should learn what is going to require of you. See, there's going to be some tough decisions in a marriage. See, there are going to be some times where a husband now, if he is not careful, he'll start saying things that God does not believe in, that God did not say. But you know what? They'll start doing what they always do, man. <laughs> a man starts saying, well, you know, God said, he said, I'm the head. <laughs> But he's not even listening to what God said. You've lost your position. When you don't follow instruction, you lose your job. God does not want a wife to follow a husband who is disobedient, who is leading her down the wrong path. God does not want a woman to follow that. You, On the contrary, you'll have a wife who might be swaying her husband to do things against God. And you know what? The old cliche that I hear all the time, happy wife, oh, that makes for a happy life. Yeah, you better be concerned about the afterlife because it will not be a happy afterlife. Happy God is a happy life. That's when you truly make for a happy life. It's when you please God. He told us if a man's ways please him, He'll make even our enemies be at peace with him. That's what God promised us. We should seek to please him. But all too often, our focus is, well, I want to please my parents. Our focus is, well, I want to please my children. Our focus is, this is what makes me happy. Our focus is, I want to please my spouse. So I'm telling you tonight, for those of us who want to be married and even those who are not and say you don't want to, you still have a responsibility to not love anyone, including yourself, over God. I know, I know many of us, we're just getting into this thing. Uh, some of us, we might have been in for a while, but you might not have reached this level yet. That's okay. But you got to start working on it. It's not okay when you're not working on it. It's not okay then. So it's important for us to acknowledge where we're coming up short and get to work. So now I want to deal with the spouse. I want to run to the book of First Kings. First Kings chapter, I think, 22, 21. First Kings 21. Because I want to show you what not to do. Now, Monday night, I did a lot of talking about what we should do. Tonight, I want to show you an example of the things not to do. Because As I said, I know many people who want to be married. I see people getting married all the time. Uh, I myself 
uh, I am married. And so I understand that it is something that many of us desire to do. I understand many don't. But now whatever category you fall in, there's still some things you must know. So now let's look at a few things here. We're going to look at Jezebel now. <laughs> a lot of people have heard of Jezebel. Uh, I won't be able to uncover uh, a lot of things that she did, but I want to show you this because she was a wife. She was a wife. And Ahab was the king. That was her husband. She was the queen. He's the king. And you know, when you become a king and a queen, you have a lot of power. You can do what you want. You know what, Melvin? We're not kings and queens today. Now, I know many people call each other that. Um, I understand that. But we're not the king of the United States. We're not the queen of, you know, the U.S. or the king of England or the queen of the... We're not any of that. But you know what? We still feel we can make all these decisions, though. Uh, but now, the king has some power. And I want to show you some things that transpired with King Ahab and his wife, Jezebel. Let's pick it up in verse 1 now. And it came to pass after these things that Naboth, the Jezreelite, had a vineyard which was in Jezreel, hard by the palace of Ahab, king of Samaria. Now, this man, Naboth, he has a vineyard. He's got grapes. He's got all these things. He's got these uh, herbs and plants and whatever. He's got all these things in his vineyard. And now the king, his palace is right next to the man's vineyard. And you know what? <laughs> That's a good location for the king. That's a good spot. You know, uh, we want whatever resources we have to be right next to us. You know, if a person has a job, you want your job to be right next to you. You want it to be close to you. It makes for an easier life when it's right there. So now, this man neighbor has a vineyard that's close to the king. Read for his man. And Ahab spake unto Naboth, saying, Give me thy vineyard, that I may have it for a garden of herbs, because it is near unto my house. Mm -hmm. And I will give thee for it a better vineyard than it. Or if it seem good to thee, I will give thee the worth of it in money. He asked the man for it. He said, I'll trade you or I'll just pay you for it. Whichever one you choose, it'd be fine with me. But I, I like this being, you know, it's close. It's close to my palace. I can use this. Read for his mail. And Naboth said to Ahab, the Lord forbid it me that I should give the inheritance of my fathers unto thee. You know, a lot of things that we see somebody else have, <laughs> we want it for ourselves. We don't care how it profits them. We just want it for ourselves. You know, every day people are rolling around. You know, we talked about the devil last week. He's as a lie. But he's going around seeking whom he can devour. He's looking for something to get his hands on. He wants it all. Naboth now, he's looking at this man's vineyard. You know, there was nothing wrong with him asking. That's okay. You know, we find something somebody might want to sell. Somebody might want to trade. That's okay. That was no problem. But Naboth rejected the offer. He rejected. He said, God doesn't want me to do that. We've seen what happened with Jacob and Esau when he turned down his inheritance. Now, I don't want to get into all that tonight. But read for us, man. And Ahab came into his house heavy and displeased because of the word which Naboth, the Jezreelite, had spoken to him. For you he know, had, oh. Go ahead. Go ahead. For he had said, I will not give thee the inheritance of my fathers. And he laid him down upon his bed and turned away his face and would eat no bread. You know, this is a sad excuse for a husband. I'll be honest with you. This is sad now. This man, all because Naboth did not want to sell. Oh, he's all for 
If this happens to us as men, we get all hurt. We get all sad and depressed, all because we couldn't get something. Because we cannot deny ourselves. See, we must. He said, you cannot love. In the book of Deuteronomy, even in the book of Exodus, I believe chapter 20 and 13, he said, you cannot have any other gods before me. We cannot put anyone, not even ourselves, above what God says. So he's so hurt now because God didn't want that man to give away his inheritance. He's so hurt that it cannot be his. Now he just go home and lay. <laughs> go home and eat some ice cream. <laughs> go home and drink his sorrows away. Go home and do all these things that we do as people. But he's the king now. He's the king. Read for us, Melvin. But Jezebel, his wife, came to him. And said mm-hmm. unto him, why is thy spirit so sad that thou eatest no bread? Man didn't even want to eat anymore. <laughs> Jezebel asked him, you want some of these beans? <laughs> <laughs> he said he didn't want any man. He's so sad. He's so hurt because he cannot have this vineyard that's just right there next to his palace. Man wants everything for himself. Can't take no for it. But now the missus gets involved. His honey, his wife, his sweetie pie gets involved. <laughs> she said, what's wrong with you, sweetheart? You know, a wife loves her husband now. If he's doing even halfway right, he only has to do halfway right. Because a, a woman will put up with a lot of mess from a man. If he just does halfway right, she'll love him to the end of the earth. And so now she's wondering, what's got you so sad? You know, as a spouse, if you truly love your spouse, you don't want to see your spouse sad. You don't want to see that. So he, she's wondering what's wrong with him to the point where he won't even eat. Read for his mail. And he said unto her, because I spake unto Naboth, the Jezreelite, and said unto him, give me thy vineyard for money. You know what? Drop to verse seven for the sake of time. Save us a little time. She, he's going to tell her the story. We've already read it. You guys know what happened. If you're paying attention, I encourage you, pay attention now. This is some good stuff if you really invest yourself in it. See, as a, as a couple now, as a uh, uh, husband and wife, you're going to find yourself in some life situations. And sometimes your husband might be sad about something. Sometimes your wife might be sad about something. And you will be inclined to do whatever it takes to get that thing for them. But it's not always the best thing for them. Sometimes your spouse needs to be let down. Sometimes they just cannot have their heart's desire. I know as a spouse, you want to give your spouse everything they want. But sometimes the answer is no. Sometimes that thing that you have your eye on, it is truly not for you. It's not for you. But if you want it bad enough, you can go out and take it. You know, any person uh, out there today, as I said, look, people are running around the city, stealing people's vehicles. People are going to sleep at night, waking up, their car is gone. Because they seen somebody else's car and they said, wow. Man, that thing sure will look nice in my palace, at my house, at my apartment. They're living in an apartment, stealing people's cars. These are the things we're doing. Don't even have a place to put the car, but they'll steal it. Everything is not for us, especially when it's somebody else's. You have men today, men even in marriages. They go out and they see a few other women. They go and talk to their their wife. They want to bring those ladies home too. They want to bring them aboard. Because we desire so many things. We just have to have them. So now she begins to talk to her husband. Tries to find out what the problem is. Now that she finds out, let's see what she said in verse 7. And Jezebel, his wife, said unto him, 
dost thou now govern the kingdom of Israel? <laughs> Look, you don't need a wife like this. I'm telling you now, you don't need a husband like this. Women, you don't need a husband like this. I don't care if he's the king. I don't care if he's got power. I don't care if he's got money. If he has access to resources, see, we get fooled by these things. We say, ooh, me. If I could be the spouse of a politician, if I could be the spouse of an athlete, a professional athlete, if I could be uh, the, the spouse of someone who's rich, see, we get caught up looking at resources, money, wealth, socioeconomic status. We get caught up looking at Wow, look at how much money they have. You know, I hear that stuff all the time. We think a person is so lucky. <laughs> we think they're so blessed because they have money, because they have power. Look, there's a great responsibility that comes with this. And if you are not where you need to be with God, you'll make the wrong choices every time. So she looks at him, she's like, hmm. Aren't you the king? She had to talk to her husband, Melvin. <laughs> he said, don't you rule over all of this? You don't realize you can have whatever you want. You, you can do it because of who you are. She's making him proud. Now, he can stick out his chest. Now, Melvin, he can get up off of the bed. He can wipe the tears away from his eyes. You know what? I am the king. <laughs> he can do all of that now, Melvin. <laughs> she said, have you forgotten who you are? See, once you have, once you come up to a certain position in life, you get the big head. That pride puffs you up. She said, you're the king. That's what she's telling him in so many words. Let's see what, what she said. Again, dost thou now govern the kingdom of Israel? Arise and eat bread. And let thine heart be merry. Mm -hmm. I will give thee the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite. She said, don't even worry about it. Because you want it, sweetie, it's yours. Because you want it, you can have it by any means necessary. This is the wrong way to be. Look, regardless of what your spouse wants, regardless of what your children want, regardless of what you want, you can easily become your own enemy. A man's foes shall be they of his own household if he's not careful now. See, a wife is a good thing. The Bible says that. Even a husband, that's a good thing. Children, that's a good thing. But there, everything in this world, even if it's good, it can Instantly, if it is not used in the way that it needs to be used, it can instantly become bad. Look, I don't believe guns are a bad thing. Like, guns are not a bad thing. But you know what? The moment people start running into buildings, shooting up everyone, for no reason whatsoever, instantly, we're using those guns outside of their purpose. We can instantly turn something good into something bad because of how we use it. So now, even though this husband and wife, even though a marriage should be good, now they're using it for evil. See, people make choices. You cannot love anyone over God. They have not, God told us, not to love anyone over him. They have violated this. Read for us, Mel. She said, I'll get it to you. Don't even worry about it. Read for us, Mel. So she wrote letters in Ahab's name and sealed them with his seal and sent the letters unto the elders and to the nobles that were in, in his city dwelling with Naboth. Mm-hmm. And she wrote in the letters saying, proclaim a fast and set Naboth on high among the people. You know, <laughs> politicians today aren't the, aren't the first people to be crooked. She wrote a letter with his seal, with his signature, said, look, get this man Naboth, put him on trial. 
put them on trial. It is a setup. She's setting this man up to be killed. When a person loves someone so much, we're willing to go so very far for We're willing to go so far. We must be careful not to love anyone too much that we start to disobey God. Look, I know you can look around at marriages today and say, well, they're not killing people. They might not be. But are they following what God said, though? That's really what it's about. It's not killing is not the only law that God gave. That's not the only law. He gave us many. And the one we started out with tonight, he said, you cannot love. He said, if you put mother or father above me, you're not worthy. If you put your child, you're not worthy. If you put anyone above God, he said, we're not worthy. I don't want to get to the judgment. I don't want to get to heaven and think I'm going in. And he said, hold on, Tony. Where do you think you're going? (laughs) Where do you think you're going? He said, you loved your wife a little too much, Tony. Because you knew she was doing wrong. You knew she was wrong. And those things she was doing, but because you loved her so much, you said, honey, go ahead. God knows your heart. He knows. He said, you're you're not coming in here because you're not worthy of me. To make it to that point, I don't want to get to that place. So right now, I must understand, look, anybody who wants to be married, who wants to have children, uh, and even outside of those things, don't even put yourself above God. Because you have a thought, because you want something, don't put yourself above God. We're dealing with the household. This is the job that you have if you really want to be saved. Now, if you don't want to be saved, then hey, go do whatever you want. Do whatever you desire if you don't truly want to be saved. But for those few of us out there who sincerely say, you know what, I want to be married, I want to have kids, I I want to be, even if you don't want to be uh, married, even if you just say, look, I want to be a single man or a single woman, regardless, you still have an obligation to not put yourself or anyone else you love over God. How many times have we seen parents because of their love for their child, they will never admit that their child did something wrong. They won't admit that. As soon as they hear an accusation against their child, you know the first thing they're saying, man, my baby didn't do that. No, you got him mixed up. You got him mixed up with somebody. (laughs) They don't know. They weren't around. They don't know anything. And in fact, it's usually the people's kids who are causing so many problems. But because they have a parent who will not hold them accountable, who will not teach them, hey, don't do that. Because they love that child so much, they let them get away with everything. And before they know it, they'll end up in prison or they'll end up dead. I've seen it happen so many times. But that parent was taking up for that child. That's in scripture now where he tells us. Even when it comes to your own children, you must correct them. But put that rod on their back. Put the belt on. This is a book now. We might not get to it tonight. But it's scripture now. Discipline your kid. If you think disciplining your kid and look... <laughs> Going to timeout is not discipline. It's not discipline. Going to timeout is not discipline. Not the discipline that God is calling for. You know, God only put us in timeout, man. <laughs> if that's all he did to us, you know, that, there's no real consequence. I'll be honest with you. If I could just go out and just live wrong, and, only, and the only thing God is going to say is, Tony, I'm going to put you in time out again. <laughs> I'm going to make you sit in that warm room. Go sit in the corner, even though it feels good. <laughs> go to the corner. Let's read. 
Let's read, man. Uh, verse 10, and set two men, sons of Belial, before him to bear witness against him, saying, Thou didst blaspheme God and the king, and mm-hmm. then carry him out and stone him that he may die. My God. Look, look at what she did. Look at what this woman did. And you know what? Look at what the king did. He let it all happen. He co-signed it. He's too sad to even do anything. She had to go and handle it while he's sitting there eating his bowl of cereal. <laughs> she had to go and take care of it. And she did it too. She told them, set this man up, get some false witnesses against him, lie on him. But we got to know what world we're living in. There are a lot of corrupt people, a lot of wicked people who are willing to do everything God said not to do in order to get somewhere in life, in order to get some nice things, in order to make money, in order to look good, to show their authority. You have all this going on in the world. So she told him, not only did she want to take the man's vineyard, she didn't even leave it there. She didn't leave it there, Mel. She said, let's just outright kill him. Let's just kill him. You know, I don't even know if she's ever seen this man. And it didn't matter. It didn't matter. She didn't have to know anything about him. But you got to recognize this is the time that we live in. Just seen not that long ago, a man had his wife. I think they had at least two kids in the back seat. Drove him right off a cliff. See, if you get involved with the wrong one, but I know you say, wow, well, I, I love them so much. You know, they make me happy. Look, if you get involved with the wrong one, if you get yourself involved with someone who's not sold out for God, see, that, this is the reason why I encourage anyone. Look, if you're looking to be married, you need to first know what God's expecting out of you. Because if you don't, you will easily marry someone who is not where they need to be in God, who is not going to pull you closer to God. See, a marriage should be two people helping each other get closer to God, helping each other follow God. That's what a marriage should be. But if you get married to someone, being unequally yoked, the Bible said, if you get married to someone who's pulling you away, I've had people confess, people will admit it, that their marriage pulled them away from God. And you know what? On top of admitting that, they wouldn't even change it. They will not even try. Will not even try to get closer to God. This is just how much they love their spouse. They know their spouse isn't doing right. But because they don't want to go through the pain, the fights, they just suffer with it. They just allow it to happen. This is a sad way to be. So they get the man killed. I'm going to have to wrap this thing up because we're running out of time. But she got the man killed. And you know what? Her weak husband, Ahab, he allowed it all. See, as a spouse, as a married couple, you have to be willing to stand for what's right. You have to be, even with someone you love, your mother, father, your sister, your brother, your children, even your own self, you must be willing to stand for the truth. This is what God is expecting. So now they get this man killed. They got him killed. Now drop down to verse 15, Nevin. And it came to pass when Jezebel heard that Naboth was stoned and was dead, that Jezebel said to Ahab, Arise, take possession of the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite, which he refused to give thee for money. Mm -hmm. For Naboth is not alive, but dead. Verse 16 for us. And it came to pass when Ahab heard that Naboth was dead, 
that Ahab rose up to go down to the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite, to take possession of it. And you know what? You don't see him be sad anymore. It doesn't phase him, and it doesn't phase her, that this man's life has been lost. Not only did they take the man's vent, they took the man's life in the process, all because of what they wanted. This is a pitiful excuse for a husband and a wife. These are the things that we have to watch ourselves against. It's more than about killing someone. I I can't stress that point enough. I I know every couple out there isn't going to murder someone. But you know what? What other commandments of God are they going to break? There's a lot of other commandments that he gave. That marriages are breaking daily. This is where God says, this is why he said, look, if you love them more than you love me, he said, you're not worthy of me. I don't want to get to the end of my life. And man, I've pleased my wife. I've, I've let her do whatever. And she, she's been wrong all our lives. And I just sat there and I let it happen. I, I wouldn't want to be a wife, even though I'm not a woman. But if I were you now and you're out there and you're a wife, I wouldn't want to be you. If you sit by your husband every day and you know he's wrong and you never, you just roll with it. You you encourage him. You tell him, oh, yeah, you're right. And you know he's wrong. I would not want to be a parent and I have children and I know they're going around lying. I know they're stealing. I know they're in fornication. You have parents everywhere today encouraging their kids to fornicate. They said, oh, just use protection. That's a pitiful excuse for a parent. That's saying they're Christian. That's saying they believe in God. They're followers of Christ. Yet, they know their child's out doing exactly what God said not to do. They know their child is out committing fornication, living with their girlfriend, living with their boy. And yet, they said, well, just be safe. Look, you already have missed the path. You have went past being safe already. Look, you're in critical condition. You're in harm's way because you're in direct disobedience, direct violation of what God said do. But because a parent loves their child, they'll say, go ahead. It's okay. God know your heart. He understands. These are issues that we're facing every day with married couples, with parents, with single people. I don't care what category you fall in. We got people who are friends. You got people who are so-called Christians. They have friends. They know their friends are doing wrong. And yet, we won't say a word. Look, I'm not telling you to run around and, and, and pick fights with people and tell everybody everything. I'm not telling you to do that at all. Because that'll get you killed. And I'm not telling you to do that. But I am telling you, you must stand for what's right. I am telling you that. So it's time for the people of God to wake up. It's time for the people of God to put God first yet again. So back where we started really quickly, Melvin, in the book of uh, was that Matthew 10, 36? Yep. Let's get, let's get back over there as we wrap this thing up. Matthew 10 and 36. You know, before you read that, you know, there, there's a story in the book of Acts. I believe it's the fifth chapter. You find a husband and a wife go down together. You know, people... People talk about loyalty, man. They talk about, man, I'm loyal. You have gang members. You have people who are friends. They talk about how loyal they are. They say, man, I'll never snitch. (laughs) That's the dumbest thing ever. (laughs) That's got to be some of the dumbest things ever. Because you will know that someone has did wrong. And you're willing to go down with them. You know they did wrong. 
But you say, man, well, I'm going to go down with him. Look, if you want to see what happens to people that do that, go to the book of Acts chapter 5. You'll see a husband. He's going down. I mean, he's going way down. Man lost his life. He knew he had lied. He, he, he lied about some stuff. He's supposed to, he was supposed to turn in some money to the church. And now it was his choice. He chose to do it, but he lied about it. He said he turned it all in. He didn't. And you know what? He told his wife. She was in on it, too. She was in on it. And so they agreed to both hide it. And they so gave him a, excuse me, they gave him a chance to, you know, tell the truth because they had already known. Oh, yeah. They gave him a chance to confess. See, I don't care if your husband gets wrong. I don't care if your wife's wrong, your kids are wrong, whoever it is. Look, you better confess. You better snitch if that's what you want to call it. I, <laughs> they try to put a, a bad word for confess. They try to turn confession into something bad. See, the devil knows what he's doing. So now they call it snitching. And when you hear that word, they've told you so many times, snitches get stitches. Well, look, I'm telling you what. If this man had a snitch this day, he would still be alive. He would still be alive. He would not have died, but he died. Now, we won't have time to go and get it. But you go back and read Acts chapter 5 if you want to see what truly happens when you don't snitch. He should have told off on himself. He should have confessed. Then he lied. But you know what? Because he didn't. He died right there. And I think it was about three hours later, his, his lovely wife, boy, I bet she was looking good that day too, man. <laughs> I bet she had her hair did nice. I bet she had those nails nice, nice <laughs> shoes on, nice outfit. And she came happily and jolly she walked her happy self on in there. And Peter began to talk to her. And he asked her, look, look, tell me, did you guys really turn all this money in? Is this the correct amount? She said, yeah, that's it. He said, why would you allow the devil, my God, why would you allow your enemy to take over you? You're lying to the Holy Ghost. You're not lying unto us. You're lying to the Holy Ghost. He said, look, the same people who carried your husband out, buried him. Look, they told me, <laughs> they tell me, Melvin, they didn't even have a funeral for him. <laughs> <laughs> My God, nobody gave the benediction. Nobody said, well, he was a nice guy. <laughs> nobody did any lying for this man like they do with all these funerals today, Melvin. <laughs> Peter told him, Peter told her, Safari was her name. Peter told her, he said, look, the same people that buried your husband, they're standing right outside and they're waiting to bury you too. She fell down and died right there. All because she put her husband, she put the agreement that they made. See, they didn't kill anybody now. Since somebody's going to be smart and say, well, we didn't kill anybody. All they did was lie. They kept, they got together and they lied. See, God's expecting a lot out of us today. All she had to do was say, you know what? Look, we lied. We were wrong. My husband and I, we agreed to this. So you better stand for what's right. I don't care if you're married and you love your husband to death. I don't care if you love your wife to death. You better love God more. That's all he's asking for. He's not telling you not to love them. God loves them more than you love them. He loves them more than us. But he said, you can't love them more than me, though. So, uh, really quickly, Melvin, verse 36. We'll finish this up. And a man's foes shall be they of his own, of his own household. Don't let this happen to you. In my closing remarks, do not let this happen to you. I know you want to be married. I know you want to have kids. But even if you're, even if you don't, I know there's somebody out there you love. Even if you say, "Look, I'm cold-hearted. I don't love anyone." I guarantee you love yourself. <laughs> you love yourself. You better not love yourself. 
more than you love God. God bless you guys. And at this time, I will give it back into the hands of Melvin. Thank you once again. Thank you, uh, Minister. Uh, thank you for the great message. And um, what I just want is for us to, you know, hear these scriptures and actually apply them to our lives and try to live them because um, there's a lot of different places in the Bible where it talks about a hearer versus a hearer and a doer. Um, so I just pray that we all be a doer of the word and not just hearers only because a lot of people will get upset when they hear these things, um, especially <laughs> when um, Tony preaches these things because it's not what a lot of people are accustomed to hearing. So they'll be like, oh, he's just saying that. But <laughs> one thing about him is um, he always goes to the verses or he tries his best to always go to let you know that this is what God is saying. This is not his word, not Tony's word. This is not my word either. But this is what God is saying. And um, there are a few other comments I would just read off. Uh, let's see. Sister Rosie says, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you for tuning in. Karen, Jeremy, and Casey all say amen. Um, David says, your blessing from the Lord can become your curse if you don't use it for the purpose that the Lord gives it to you for. That is definitely true. He also says the end result of sin is death and not just physical death, but spiritual death to be eternally separated from the presence of Jesus. Lord Jesus, please help us get it right in you no matter what everyone else is doing. I've got to be saved. That is definitely true. In um, Acts chapter 2, I believe is verse 39, it said, Peter says, save yourselves from this untoward generation, this crooked generation. No matter what everybody else is doing, I have to be right with God. And nowadays, if the majority of the people are doing it, nine times out of 10, it's not right in the eyesight of God. Because we already know that the majority of people are going to be lost. Um, read that in um, Matthew chapter 7, I believe, or somewhere around verse 20. Uh, Jeremy quotes Matthew chapter 6 and verse 24, where it basically is saying, no man can serve two masters. And that reminds me of an example I heard a few years ago. of This preacher, give, he was giving an example when he said, you, you know, you could be on a diet or a activity or a weight loss plan and you'll have an instructor and this instructor may say something. Um, let's just say, all right, you need to be up by 5 a.m. You don't need to drink more than three bottles of water, you know, for lack of a better example. And then you will listen to another instructor and he will say, all right, stay asleep until nine and drink six bottles of water a day. You can't do what they both say for, again, for a lack of better example. Uh, we can't, we cannot serve two masters because one, is going to be contrary to what the word of God says. Um, David says, that's in James 1 and 20, if we are hearers only and not doers of the word, we are deceiving our own selves. And that is definitely true. And we <laughs> won't even know it. You know, uh, one thing I wanted to hit on is, um, I've said it a while, I've said it a lot, a lot of times, but it's been a while since I've said it, human emotions can get us in trouble. That's why he says, you can't love mother or father, sister or brother, cousin or, whom, or whomever more than me because he, he knows that we love our family. I mean, I know I love my parents. I love my siblings, my cousins and everybody. But I knew, do know that not every one of them are right in the eyesight of God. So, I mean, if they if they are on about something that God doesn't agree with, then I can't be with it no matter how how much I love them. You know, see, a lot of us are contrary to the word of God because of what people may think of us. In one place it says, don't fear him who can kill the body, but fear him who can kill the body and soul in hell. God is God's opinion is the only opinion that we should be concerned with. You know, I was just reading with my wife either last night or the night before what Jesus said, talking to his disciples People are going to beat you. People are going to persecute you. All for my name's sake, but blessed are those people that endure those things for my name's sake. And we are running away from these. We're running, we're running away from persecution. We'll be ashamed of God. But he says those people are blessed for my name's sake now, for, for Jesus, for God's name's sake. 
So I pray that we all get right and be a pleaser of God because we don't want to get into the, the judgment day and the Lord say, depart from me. Be workers of iniquity, for I never knew you. That would be a very sad day. Um, but that's all I have to say. Um, that's all of the comments. So thank you guys for leaving the comments. We have Casey, David, Chelsea, Chris, Sister Rosie, Karen, and Jeremy. And as my weekly reminder to you guys, we do have Zoom Bible studies every Monday evening at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. We would love to see you guys there. Um, the links, um, we could send out the links, message us. Um, it's the same link each and every single week, so you wouldn't have to worry about that. Our inboxes are always open, as I always like to say. And again, as I always like to say, rejoice in the Lord always, because today's tribulations are tomorrow's testimonies. Count it all joy, count it all joy, and again, count it all joy. There's reason to be joyful in the midst of every single storm. So if the Lord blesses and says the same, we'll see you guys next Thursday evening with another topic coming straight from the Word of God. You guys have a happy, safe, and blessed weekend. And once again, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening to our weekly Bible study podcast. We hope you enjoyed this evening's message. My name is Melvin Corners, here along with Minister Tony Banks. You can catch these Bible studies live on Facebook every Thursday evening at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time at facebook.com slash jmsbible. We have Zoom Bible studies every Monday evening at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Also, check out our website at jmsbible.com. There, you can listen to all of our in-person, Zoom, and live stream messages along with every scripture we've ever covered. Lastly, we have been getting a lot of questions about how people can donate. We have finally opened up a cash app if you find it in your heart to leave a donation because running these Bible studies takes money, which Tony and I have been paying since we first started. That name is dollar sign Joystorm12. We appreciate each and every single donation, no matter how small. And remember to rejoice in the Lord always. Mm-hmm.